What's up, everybody? It's your boy Scott here, sitting here in the Last American Vagabond Studios in right near Nashville, Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee. You guys, it's been such an honor. This this whole thing has just been so crazy, man. My mind is just blown. Uh, I haven't done an episode to give you guys the full rundown about my trip out here, and I intend to do that very soon, but uh, I'm also just going to start cranking out episodes here. So here we are. Uh, this is the first episode officially in T-Lab Studios, so I'm really, really excited about this one. You guys, we're, we're going to be doing some big things together, and I'm really grateful that you're on this journey with me. So I just want to start off real quick, you guys. If you want to support the show, here's, here's a few ways that you can do it. Um, what we're going to do is, let's see, let's start here. So, so with the website, so go to rebunk.news, and you're going to find, first of all, all the video platforms that we're on at the top. Um, we're on pretty much all podcast players. Just search for Rebunk to make sure you get in and you can listen on the go. Probably the best way you know right now to support is with through the Subscribestar page. So like five bucks a month, literally, you guys can help keep this project moving at full steam ahead. Um, I'm going to be doing make, making a very deliberate effort to do a lot more premium content on there exclusively for Subscribestar people now that I'm kind of settled in and uh, starting to get some traction. So Subscribestar.com forward slash Rebunked is a great way to support the show. Um, also, you're going to find links to all of the social media. Uh, Telegram is probably the best place to, to, to go to get you know the most up-to-the-minute drops in terms of like when I go live, memes, articles, all that stuff. Um, you're probably not going to see anything I post on Instagram. Uh, they just don't like me there. Twitter is just kind of opening up a little bit. I'm starting to get some more traction on Twitter. I don't know if that has anything to do with Elon or what. I don't know, but... Telegram, guys, t.me forward slash rebunked pod. That's going to be the best place to go. And then, of course, at the bottom, there's value for value donation options, everything from debit and credit, Venmo, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, guys, I appreciate any any help you can give. But uh, at the same time, you know, we're just going to keep going regardless. So another great way to support the show is through Truth TRS. So at truthtrs.com, uh, TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. Um, you know, we're just being bombarded with toxins you know from the chemtrails the food and truth TR, or trs is just a fantastic product i've used been using it for over a year now just eliminating all the heavy metals out of your system they also have an advanced cbd formula and an advanced fulvic formula so for full full body detox so truthtrs.com to learn more about that and if you guys go to uh, at truth trs on instagram you can see their page uh they always post a bunch of testimonials memes uh, I encourage you to go check out the testimonials and just really see what people, the feedback people give about, uh, you know, what TRS can do for them. It's just a phenomenal product. So truthtrs.com or at truthtrs on Instagram. So, all right. Now, with that, uh, bringing in my first guest in the new studio, in the new digs, in the new town, in the new state, uh, my good friend, Etienne de la Buete, de la Buisi, I always get the pronunciation wrong, squared. And uh, yeah, let's bring him in. Etienne, how you doing? I am fantastic. It is good to be with you and your audience. Heck yeah, man. Thank you so much. So uh, let's just give a bit of a background. I know we had you on Truthzilla. We had you on Truthzilla before, but we haven't caught up in a while. And I know that you've got, so you, your, your book, The Government, The Biggest Scam in History. Why don't we go back and uh, tell us a little bit about how that came to fruition? Uh, sure. So I'm a volunteerist author and I'm exposing how intergenerational organized crime runs the government, the media, and academia. And when I say intergenerational organized crime, I just take that back to monarchy as the original, you know, uh, intergenerational organized crime. You're going to give us your stuff or we're going to hurt you. And after monarchy fell out of favor, you know, they developed democracy to kind of trick the population into thinking they had a say in how they were being ruled. 
But because it's organized crime at the top, there are, you know, the, it's very easy to manipulate the elections because they've got a disparity of campaign funds. They're willing to use political assassination. They're willing to use bribery, blackmail. They control the media. And that's really the other kind of big thing that I reveal in the book. It's the government and the media working together while they control academia hierarchically through, you know, funding of research, funding of organizations like the, NA, uh, the WHO, the NIH, NIAID, uh, CDC, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that, that system uh, allows them to make it seem like it's desirable, legitimate, and necessary to have a government at all, even though there's no ironclad law of the universe that you need a government. And so in the book, I expose how the system works, and I do it in a kind of picture book full of visualizations. Most people are visual learners. If I tell you that there's six monopoly media companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give you the illusion there's all these different information sources in society, you may or may not believe me. If I show you a media ownership chart like in, in the book, all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, there's six companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different information sources in society. Mm -hmm. And you just get it because you saw it with your own eyes and you come to a deeper, you know, a deeper understanding of what is going on and how the system works. And so the system, the book is designed to wake up your friends, your family and your, you know, uh, colleagues. And, uh, and they do it because like, once you pick it up and you see all these visualizations and these memes and these historical photographs, you're just kind of hooked and so, uh, so the good news message of the book is volunteerism. We don't really need government. Everything the government does would be done better, faster, cheaper by the free market, by mutual aid societies, by real charity, by nonprofits, things like that. And so that is the, that is essentially, uh, you know, me and what I do in a nutshell, I'm in the process of working on the fifth edition of the book, which will bring it into the age of the COVID. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, uh, uh, expose how they did the scam of the COVID, who was involved, what's really in the injections. It's, you know, I don't want to give it away. It's a eugenics program run by eugenicists that sit on the top of the, you know, kind of banking and governmental pyramid. And uh, the whole thing was the goal was we're going to get, we already had this, you know, vaccine, we're going to inject the population with it. And everything that you saw from, you know, kind of, you know, February, March, 2020 onward was a big giant play uh, to convince the population that there was a pandemic and it's everywhere. And, oh my God, we've just got to get these vaccines in everybody's arms mm -hmm. and the vaccines are designed to hurt you. It's not every vial. And so it's like, you know, but there's uh, about 5% of the vials doing, you know, 80, 90% of the damage. Uh, and that's not, you know, uh, by accident, this is a eugenics program. They're calling the elderly, they're calling, you know, uh, what they think is use useless eaters. And so, uh, so that's, that's it in a nutshell. Awesome, man. That's fantastic. Uh, so that kind of, that kind of, I really want to get into it. I got a bunch of questions for you. Um, definitely want to pick apart like where, where you're going with the fifth edition a little bit without spoiling it, of course. But I was going to preface this by saying, I do have a copy of the book. I meant to grab it, but I was, I live about 20 minutes from the studio here and I forgot to grab it on my way out the door. I was like, damn it. All right. Anyway, but it's a fantastic book. You guys, I actually have a physical copy of it. I've actually bought multiple copies of it for gifts for people. It's a fantastic book. Just, and like, just like, uh, Etienne said, like you really, it's a visual thing. Like it's a great thing to just browse and, and it's just, it's very engaging and I just can't say enough positive things about it. Um, 
Now, before we get into all that, though, I want to get your take on this, and I think this is going to be hilarious. So, have you heard of this new movie? It's kind of, it's probably going to be the whole new talking point thing, and like, especially like the conservative media. This movie called Two Thousand Mules. Yes. Okay. Have you seen it or anything? I haven't seen it. I've seen it boil down, and I've seen clips, the like preview clips and everything. Very interested in seeing it. I'll definitely be watching it. Yeah. 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 So, so the first minute, though, I really want to play it for you, and I want to get your reaction. So are you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's yeah. do this. I think this is going to be funny. So here we go. Let's go there. And bam. Let's see if this will work. Every time we vote, we're standing up side by side with the founding fathers, with the men of Valley Forge, with patriots and pioneers throughout our history, with all those who dedicated their lives to making this a nation of, of the people, by the people, and for the people. Elections are the lifeblood of our democracy. They are the mechanism by which the American people choose who is going to rule on their behalf and for their interests and welfare. Okay, that's pretty much it. Who's going to rule on our behalf for our interest and welfare? It made me throw up in my mouth. (laughs) And so... uh... So the, so the first thing I got to get to your audience that is not familiar with volunteerism, the first thing you got to understand is government is always illegitimate. It's all it's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. It's immoral. Uh, you cannot delegate a right that you do not have yourself to a representative or to a government to represent you doing something you don't have the ability to do myself. Yeah, exactly. So if I, yeah, let's, yeah let's, if let's, I don't have. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna. I'll go back. Well, I was just gonna say if I if I don't have the ability there to make go. up rules for you, dear, you know, viewer. If I don't have the ability myself to steal your money, then I can't delegate a right I don't have myself to we the people. We the people can't delegate rights they don't have themselves to a representative. And so if the power of for the government to do everything that it does didn't come from we the people, then where did it come from? Uh, it's been the biggest scam in history and so democracy you know like uh, that was Dinesh D'Souza uh, you know talking about it and so so this is you know my first take is that it's very sophisticated propaganda it's designed it's designed to divide and conquer it's to put people into either the red camp or the blue camp and then get them fighting over who you know who's got the scepter of power while that's while as long as you're trapped in that fake left right paradigm you're not you're hacking at the branches of evil you're not striking the root the root of evil is this belief that one group of men can acquire the ability to use violence and coercion and extortion on another group of men through some political ritual um, like voting or like a coronation or you know something like that that is the big scam that's what hitler called the big lie mm. that's the thing that they're not talking about and so when you hear dinesh d'souza talking about democracy well, democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. And if my buddy and myself, because there's two of us and you know one of you, Scott, if my buddy and I can't vote to rob you, 
because there's two of us and one of you, it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 20 of us or 250 million of us. There's no magical additional person that can make something that's inherently immoral, inherently illogical, inherently, frankly, dumb, Mm -hmm. you know, make that moral and logical just because the majority of people want to lynch black folks or rob Peter to pay Paul. Uh, It's just mob rule dressed up uh, in a, you know, a cloak of legitimacy because the people that are putting movies like that in front of you and television shows and cable news networks and things like that, they have an interest in you participating and believing in that system and being chumped by it so they can tax farm you for over 50% of your income in covert taxes, Mm -hmm. overt taxes and inflation. And that's what it is. And as long as you believe that it's legitimate, that some people can acquire the ability to rule others in a political ritual, you're not even in the game. You're not even on the field. You're, you're, you know, you're focused on uh, the Cape instead of being focused on the matador. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I think that that's such a fundamental point of this whole thing and that's where I was kind of like trying to jump in on you there just a minute ago is just the idea that yeah we don't have the right to delegate something that we don't inherently have the right to do ourselves like that was such yeah. a huge red pill moment for me and I can't remember where I came across that exact particular thing but just in this last couple of years you know I'm kind sure of, it was me it might have been it probably was I'm it sure, probably honestly yeah. was but yeah that's that's, a, that's such a fundamental piece it's like that makes you go back and question everything dude well I have to I have to do have to say this so the first time we ever met it was at the Portland mm-hmm. Free Thinkers Freedom Cell Group uh, out in yep. Portland, Oregon, and uh, you you were doing a presentation there, and that's where I originally bought your book. And your presentation there really kind of red pilled the hell out of me in terms of just the idea of uh, you know you know the state being just illegitimate and just like like just rewiring the whole thing, like like the rewiring process began really during that conversation. Man, I got to give you a lot of credit for that. You know what I mean? And particularly around. Uh, you know, you started talking about the flag, you know what I mean? The flag is a symbol and, and, and a lot of that. And just, uh, maybe we could go into that a little bit, like explain how this mind control has been perpetrated on us. Well, so the, so one of the other things that I break down in the book is that, uh, this organized crime system, this intergenerational organized crime system slips the belief in authority Okay, the Mm -hmm. belief in having a government. Okay, it's a religion. It's a pseudo religion. It's called statism. Mm -hmm. And it's the belief in the in the necessity, the desirability and the legitimacy of having a government at all, even though there's no ironclad law of the universe that says you have to have a government. And so the so they slide this system to the population as a pseudo religion, but they don't call it a religion. but they're using all of the little tools and tricks and techniques of an unethically manipulative religion or a cult to, you know, slide this, this belief system to the population before they're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of what they're being told. So, uh, so when you're a kid, so you're going to go to the church school where the priest is going to have you pledge your allegiance, common prayer every day to the artificially indoctrinated holy symbol, which is the flag. Mm. So the flag is the same as the Christian cross or the Jewish star of David or, you know, any other, you know, religious symbolism. 
Uh, you're going to engage in the common prayer. You're going to sing the hymns of the, you know, Star Spangled Banner and, 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 you know, other kind of religious iconography. You're going to learn about the holy documents of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that have to be kept behind bulletproof glass and helium because they're so amazing mm-hmm. you're going to uh, learn about the presidents who are kind of the popes of the religion and the synod is the church leadership and the the uh, church school is going to take you in middle school on a low cost or free price supported trip to mecca Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. where they're going to take you into the cathedral of the capital that looks like the Vatican for a reason and where everything is big and oversized, so you feel small and insignificant, and they're going to take you into the temples along the Potomac, and they're going to show you the deities of Lincoln and Jefferson, and it's going to be very, very hushed and very, very reverent. And then they're slowly going to just, you know, for 10,000 to 12,000 hours of indoctrination until you're out of, you know, the government's mandatory school or their accredited private schools that have to teach the exact same thing to keep their accreditation. You're going to be immersed in this soup of religiosity. And if you go into the Cub Scouts or the Boy Scouts or the Explorers, then you're going to get a double or a triple dose. And so the the government school program kind of produces a, uh, you know, a, a religious follower that, you know, will tithe, will semi-voluntarily hand over half their income to this organized crime system. Uh, but there's like another track for something called an order follower. And an order follower is, is like a religious zealot that is willing to shave their head, to put on the common uniform, the single form conformity, you know, of the of the religion and use violence on peaceful people for the artificially indoctrinated religious leaders of the state. So they're either willing to go abroad and murder whoever they're told in wars of occupation and, you know, for, you know, made up lies and manufactured intelligence or domestically they're willing to shave their head and put on the uniform and use violence on peaceful people to either raise revenue for politicians or to enforce the commandments the laws the commandments of the religion on their friends and their neighbors and so they're willing to use violence on peaceful people which is how you know that they've been screwed up in the head and by the time that you go through the cub scouts the boy scouts the you know the uh, explorer program jrotc rotc military training and then police training mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. gone man there's no like you've been uh, you know it's been you know you're now eight levels deep and your salary depends upon your not understanding what we're trying to explain to you right here and so they compact these guys into this real this artificial religion that is are you ready for this reinforced by their partners in crime the monopoly media and so we break down in the book how this organized crime system has funded 800 plus movies 1000 plus television shows that we know of where they've been product placing the flag they've been making the government the hero for decades decades and decades so you so most people don't realize that they've been immersed in this psychological warfare operation that presents them a world view that the that it's 
moral that we're getting rule that it's legitimate every channel on television the government's legitimate the government's legitimate the government's legitimate and and so because they're you know immersing people in the soup of propaganda while they're hiding exactly what you and I are do, doing. So they're mm -hmm. algorithmically censoring this on the DARPA internet. So unless you've stumbled upon it by accident or however you've gotten to find Scott or myself, uh, this is the resistance that's trying to cut through the, uh, the algorithmic censorship of what is essentially a military network designed to control the information you receive to be able to program you like a computer because human beings are a computer but garbage in garbage out if you don't understand that this system is going on and that they're weaving it into the movies they're weaving it into the television shows they're showing you how to they're using television to show you how to suck it up and pay your fine in court and how you're supposed to behave in court instead of going hey this whole thing is bs man this whole thing is BS. This is criminal. You don't really rule me. I don't really owe you any money. I'm not a criminal. I didn't do anything wrong. This is road piracy. You don't see that on the television. You see people just sitting there and paying their fine and whatever. And so uh, the NBA is some examples. The NBA takes the flag and they put it on the backboard. So you psychologically associate the exhilaration of the goal with the flag. They use a technique called anchoring. Anchoring, that's it. That, that, that's a, what I was yeah, getting They'll at. take yeah. a movie yeah. and they'll build the audience up to this moment of high positive emotion. And then, boom, they'll show them the flag. The example I always give is the Martian and Matt Damon's trapped on Mars. And the whole movie just builds up to, is he going to be able to get off Mars? No, something went wrong. No, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. Yes, boom. Then they cut to earth and there's everybody's waving american flags and they cut to mission control and there's giant american flags on the backboard and so they've anchored that moment of high positive emotion to the flag and you didn't even realize it's being done until somebody like me comes along and explains how the big game is played and then now you'll see it everywhere now you're going to start seeing oh my god it is the government is the hero in every single you know almost every single television show or whatever whether it's you know tom cruise is the cia saving the world from terrorists or Mulder and scully or you know uh hot fbi agents and tight pantsuits and you know the just goes on and on the rock is a you know cia agent or you know just, just yeah. it's it's ridiculous once you understand it and so that's kind of what i do is i explain to people how the magician does the trick mm -hmm. because once you understand how the magician does the trick you don't really get fooled by the trick and you're able to go oh man and then just take that dumbass flag off your vehicle or whatever <laughs> yeah. and wow man they got they got me yeah well that's the, that's the thing too like anybody that's maybe listening to this if you're new to the whole con quote unquote conspiracy truth movement right like it's not that wait stop stop hold on. I'm not a conspiracy okay theorist. yeah no you're I'm right an, I'm an organized crime researcher okay this okay is not a conspiracy. totally it's not a conspiracy if you can prove it oh yeah no totally dude no I didn't mean that in any sort of disparaging way I mean if anybody's yeah, like yeah, new yeah. to this I whole community wanted, like I like yeah. I, I I'm an intergenerational organized yeah. crime researcher I'm not Very. I don't do conspiracy theory yeah no I feel you I feel you all I was gonna say 
say that if you're new to all this stuff, folks, then you're not going to be able to watch movies anymore. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> you're not going to be able to watch movies. You're not going to be able to watch TV. So if that's important to you, you might just want to tune out right now. So there you go. That's hilarious. So, uh, all right. So one of the things that comes up once you venture down this rabbit hole that a lot of people, I think, get uncomfortable talking about, or maybe it's like a bridge too far to some people, is just the idea mm-hmm. of the Constitution itself, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this this is this is the big one, right? I saw some meme recently where it was like, you know, uh, I shouldn't have to pay. It was like the meme where it's like an escalating, like, person getting more and more aggravated, you know, the lights coming on in their eyes, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that one where it's like different levels. It's like the first one was like, I shouldn't have to pay taxes, and the next one was like, the government shouldn't even exist, and the last one was like, the Constitution is garbage, and it's just like the person's brain is just blowing up, yeah. right? It's like that's – so how, where – where does the Constitution so, so get its again, authority? It's and, and yeah. So it's a religion. Yeah. So most people were slipped the religion before they were old enough to really understand what was going on, to under, to be able to evaluate, evaluate the morality and the logic of mm-hmm. what was being told to them. And that's that in and of itself is unethically manipulative. And that in and of itself is a sign that the system is doing something unethically manipulative. But the big lie is, and are you ready for this? I'm just gonna break down the constitution. The idea that a couple of dozen slave owners, attorneys, and politicians on on a continent of 3 million people, so at the time of the quote unquote signing of the constitution, et cetera, there were 3 million people living all over this continent, okay? And so the idea that three dozen slave owners, politicians, and lawyers can go into a room and write down on a fancy piece of paper that they alone get to make up rules for everybody and steal the wealth of others is dumb. Mm-hmm. There's just no other way to like, like it's just a dumb thing. Like, like when you really unpack it, okay, it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. It's not moral. Um, so then they had an election, which maybe a thousand people voted in, and the, then their newspapers go, "We have a new government." There's three million people on the continent, and so a thousand people can commit, you know, a million people, you know, three million people to being robbed and mulked and whatever. And then that one of the reasons you know it's a big scam is you know that they. The you know the anti-federalists and the federalists they had this so, so anyway so actually let's break down the whole thing so the constitution and I do it in the book in a in a one pager that we call the shady history of the constitution mm-hmm. so that so the so the they were under something called uh, the um, uh, the confederation <laughs> the articles of confederation and they they were going to have a meeting uh, you know a conference to uh, a convention to amend the articles of confederation and then once the delegates got there uh, they so the the member the the convention was hijacked and they produced an unauthorized replacement for the constitution so they went outside of their scope of powers after about half of them uh, either didn't show up, left early, refused to participate, okay? So only about 53% of them stayed all the way until September through the summer months and, and actually participated in this. So it wasn't even, you know, they, they barely had a plurality. And then everybody signed. They didn't sign as delegates because they had no authorization or powers or anything to do. Everything that was done, uh, they signed in witness whereof. Or we just saw that, 
this thing was produced and we were here to make it, but, but they weren't signing as delegates because they didn't have that ability to do that. They had assumed larger powers than they were granted, even under the BS Articles of Confederation to produce this unauthorized replacement. Uh, then uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the ratification hearings, they were controlling perception the exact same way they're controlling perception with the DARPA internet and the manipulation of the media, but just did a kind of, you know, you know, not as sophisticated way. So there's, there's evidence that they were censoring anti-federalist mail. So there was the, you know, there were the federalists that were saying, Oh, this is the, the greatest advancement in government known to man. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest document ever written, whatever. And then there's the anti-federalists going, no, no, these guys are conspirators. These guys are criminals. And that's literally what they're saying. They're literally calling them criminals. So if you actually, so everybody is forced to read the Federalist Papers, okay, in in high school. Uh, Nobody reads the Anti-Federalist Papers. The Anti-Federalists were right. They were the ones going, no, it's going to be horrible. All power is going to centralize in Washington, D.C. It's going to produce, you know, multi-headed hydra of despotism. And so the so if you take a look at the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, the Anti-Federalists, everything they warned about was true. And they were calling out the Federalists as criminals back then. They realized that this was a criminal enterprise where the Federalists were censoring the anti-Federalist mail. Uh, in, uh, in Pennsylvania, they appeared to have bought off the, the, the stenographer of the convention so that he only transcribed the speeches of Federalists and didn't transcribe the speeches of anti-Federalists. Mm-hmm. And they famously collapsed a newspaper called the Pennsylvania Herald, where they were all of the this organized crime system just withdrew all the subscriptions within their sphere of influence from the from this newspaper, collapsing it because they were they weren't necessarily, as my understanding, an, you know, federalists or anti-federalists. They were just reporting on what the anti-federalists were saying, and so we can't have that. And so they collapsed that 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 uh, that uh, newspaper, and they were controlling the newspapers. And so so that's really the other thing of my book. It's been the marriage of this organized crime system and the media to mm-hmm. be able to control perception by controlling the information that society receives. Uh, to be able to pre-program to an extent human beings garbage in garbage out you know to you know to to have certain worldviews or certain belief systems like it's legitimate that this group of criminals in Washington DC gets to steal half of my money in overt taxes covert taxes and inflation and I have to do whatever it says no matter how stupid it is uh, that is the way a lot of people look at government, and and it's because they don't understand that government has been controlling the information it receives to make it seem like it's legitimate that they get ruled and robbed. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome stuff. And, and you know, the, the most important thing to really understand that also people have a difficult time with, I've had a difficult time with in my journey, is the idea that this goes into bo- this goes both ways. This is not exclusive to one side or the other. 
right? Yeah. We have equal and and proportionate amounts of corruption and mind control on on both sides of the whole thing. And so this is not yes. one party or the other, man. And it's like you know, I was talking to Ryan before this. I told him I was going to play you that clip from the two thousand mules. I played it for him, and I was like, I want to play this for for Etienne and watch his face melt, like right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, uh, you know, and then he made a good point. Ryan made a good point too, saying like, you know, yeah. Let's say in this movie they did uncover just a bunch of like Republicans doing a bunch mm -hmm. of uh, you know voter fraud stuff. Do you think that they'd actually report on it in the movie? You know what I mean? Like because it's a very like conservative based like movie. It's like so you know you get you get the propaganda coming from both sides hundred percent, like hundred percent. So I, I mean, I could just tell off that one minute that it was a propaganda film because yeah. Dinesh D'Souza, who knows better than to use the word democracy. Yeah. If like even a fake conservative knows that we're not a democracy, like, you know, any Republican, you ask any, you know, uh, run of the mill average Republican, are we a democracy or are we a, you know, a constitutional Republic? And they're going to go, we're not a demo like, democracy. So the fact that he's using that language is disingenuous and trying Trying to you know and and trying to make it seem like democracy is legitimate and so i believe there was voter fraud in uh the last election without a doubt uh but it's on both sides of the aisle based on which country you know which party is controlling the you know the the local state department the you know the the uh, secretary of state in each state and 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 on the even down to the you know the the precinct and the county levels the local government uh you know has generally been in power for quite some time and so they're all running this kind of you know red party blue party you know some of they they like some of them they just tag team out and it's completely fake some of it that you know the the true believers at the you know at the county and state and town level you know they may be trying to really you know fight it out but mm -hmm. the higher ups they know it's it's a staged game and 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 right. everything to that that degree what Dinesh D'Souza is doing it is that he's exposing it in a way that 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 produces divide and conquer but doesn't really help you get out of the system because he's not telling you that the system is fake. He's not mm -hmm. telling you that it's illegitimate. He's not telling you you don't really have to be, you know, if if uh, my buddy and I vote to rob Scott, Scott really doesn't have to give us his money. And not only does Scott ha not have to give us his money, but like if we're trying to strong arm him or something like that, Scott has the ability to resist mm -hmm. uh, him being robbed. And so that's what Dinesh D'Souza is not telling you. Yeah. He's trying to keep everybody, you know, uh, uh, parked in that fake left right paradigm mm -hmm. by legitimately exposing the criminality of the last election. Yeah. But he's doing it in a way that is uh, that is keeping everybody in the fake left right paradigm and producing the maximum amount of divide and conquer yep exactly that's exactly what i was thinking too and i'm about halfway through with it and i mean i don't know it's probably worth watching but it's very alarming in other ways too about how they're just like private companies are using data that they can just buy to anyway it's, it's a whole thing mm -hmm. but we won't even go there so um well other, i mean i'll just tell you this so yeah. so um uh you know i don't vote i don't vote to rob yeah. my neighbor there's certain yeah. instances where i may vote defensively mm. Uh, but I do not vote to rob my neighbor. I'm not going to support a politician that's saying, hey, elect me and I'm going to rob everybody and I'm going to put these policies and I'm going to spend the money in these ways that I think is 
better to spend it than you would have spent it because you wouldn't have spent it wrong, Mr. Boater. So that's why we have to spend your money for it. So we're going to take your money and we're going to spend it in these ways. And then the Republicans go, no, 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 elect my guy. And he's going to rob everybody and he's going to spend it in these ways. And uh, voluntarists are like, hey, let's not rob anybody. Mm -hmm. But the last time or like uh, years ago, I took my kids and, uh, and we waited in line uh, and we get all the way up to like the front of the line and everything. And I go, oh, excuse me, I'm not voting. I just wanted to show my kids the unauditable black box voting machines that everybody votes on so that they can understand how the elections are rigged. And the poll worker, her jaw is, she's like, what do you mean? I go, I go that, that machine right there, that, that, that machine is an unauditable black box voting machine where everything goes back to a central tabulator that can be hacked into where there's mm-hmm. people that have testified before, you know, before uh, uh, it, it, local uh, I forget which state government it was explaining how they'd been paid to, you know, rig the election machines to produce a predetermined result. And so like, I just break it all down for this poll worker and she, her, her, her jaw is on the ground. And so the, so the government and this is Loudoun County, Virginia, they'd been doing this like little scam where, where they'd been bringing in the touchscreen ones and so in the like like when I back when I did vote, I remember, you know, that they had like one touch screen and then they had like ten, you know, uh, Scantron ones so that there's still an audit trail. And then every subs- year until I quit voting, there were more touch screens and less scantrons. And then the last year that I did it where I went and I didn't vote at all, I just took my kids and exposed it all. Uh, it was, I couldn't really tell, but it looked like there's like half and half touchscreen, unauditable, no way to audit the touchscreen machine. And so like, that's the big scam. And most people don't realize that these things can be hacked. They don't realize that there's a whole industry behind ensuring that they control the outcome of the election. Uh, and, uh, and your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't count. It like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical. It's not moral. And it's just a giant waste of your time because you're voting, you're playing, you're essentially playing poker in a rigged poker game where the guy that owns the game is cheating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so the other thing too, about on the constitution, I wanted to ask you is like, so the whole idea of like the constitution derives its power from the consent of the governed, right? Isn't yeah. that the whole pur- purpose of that? So where do they justify the consent? I don't remember signing anything. Like, I don't remember like, like agreeing to this whole arrangement here. Right. I mean, going back to the idea of voluntarism, like this is not a voluntary interaction. This is something that's being forced upon me. So how do they justify this consent of the governed principle? rainbows and magic and fairies and it's 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 dumb like this is this is my point that you know once you unpack it as an adult Mm -hmm. as an adult and you go wait a minute how could you how could you be how could i delegate i can't delegate a right i don't have myself so if the power that the government has didn't come from we the people because we the people can't delegate rights that we don't have ourselves to a representative or to a government, then where did the government get rights that we the people don't have? Like all you gotta do is is sit down, but most people, there's psychological pain attached to that mm. because you gotta admit that you've been chumped and that Oh my God, I've been voting in these, I've been literally voting to rob myself. I've literally been perpetuating the cycle of my own enslavement 
by participating in a system that is designed and rigged to rob me. Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of people don't want to go there and there's a small amount of free thinkers out there that are able to just go, no, that doesn't make any sense. It's, uh, it's been a scam. And they're just like, you know, like logically they're just, you know, can do the math. And like, that's why I got to tell you a huge amount of like libertarians and voluntarists are like computer programmers. And mm -hmm. like, like it's in Silicon Valley, uh, Silicon Valley and uh, uh, is one of the largest amounts, largest libertarian party. It's the largest, like the amount of, you know, libertarians anywhere because computer programmers are just like, Oh, that's doesn't make any sense. That's illogical. That's not, you know, and then boom, they just are able to like move on versus, you know, unless you're left brain dominant, you know, you might not, if you're touchy feely, then the unicorns and the, you know, the, uh, uh, can't promise candy of socialism sounds great you know, because you don't have the logical ability to like break down the immorality of it and the illogical nature and the, you know, whatever you're just, you're just kind of right brain dominant and going, Oh, that sounds wonderful. These promises of these politicians, not realizing that every promise is a threat with a gun that has to be backed up by stealing something from somebody to be able to give it to somebody else. Um, it's just completely immoral. It's illogical. It doesn't make sense. There's no way to justify it. Uh, you have to use deceptive language like Denise De, D'Souza was doing with democracy and Reagan and the movies. And, you know, that's, that's pure on propaganda, you know, heart tugging, whatever, to try and trick you into thinking that democracy is valid when you know anybody that with a brain understands they never want to be under democracy where two people can vote to rob them because there's two of them and one of them you know uh anybody with a brain would understand why that's not in your interest yeah absolutely man and uh you know it's funny that you mentioned the whole confluence between like technology and uh you know just liberty-minded mentality you know like uh at float fest man missed you at float fest man you gotta come i out missed next year, everybody dude. at float yeah, fest dude. Damn. yeah but yeah no that was so, so true like there was this big overlap like everybody there was like tech-minded and like dude talk about like some of these like bitcoin millionaires like rolling in their freaking mm -hmm. like mansions on wheels like what the hell dude it was badass though it was super cool like you know i got to meet a lot of people but yeah there's definitely that overlap between technology and uh you know just just libertarian philosophy man like it's uh well I, I i'll tell you why there's a lot of bitcoin millionaires and and is because that the crypto anarchists were the ones that were trying to break the state by breaking the monopoly on the control of currency yeah. and credit in the united states and so the people that understood Bitcoin first were already anarchists that were already working on like e-gold, Doug Jackson's mm -hmm. e-gold, the Liberty Dollar, the e-Liberty. There, there, there were all these other, you know, attempts, uh, you know, to uh, to break the, the state's control of the monetary monopoly. And so they understood Bitcoin first and then they all got Bitcoin rich because they understood the economics and the scam of the government's money. And so the like we'd all be crazy like forget the overt taxes and the covert taxes we'd all be crazy rich if the government just wasn't stealing the value out of everybody's money by allowing a certain number of banks called the money center banks to create money out of thin air using something called fractional reserve banking mm -hmm. 
And the scam of fractional reserve banking is when you go to a bank to get a mortgage or a car loan, they're not loaning you depositor money. They just tickle the ivories and credit your account with digital dollars, even though that's inflationary and even though that's stealing the value out of everybody else's money. And that's the reason why the biggest building in every single town is a bank. And that's the reason why the bank used to give you a lollipop called a dumb dumb because you're a sucker you're a sucker they think you're a sucker and they would give you a dumb dumb lollipop to mock you know people that that you know have their faith in these organized crime banks and so the banks uh by the ability this this uh this this ability to create money out of thin air they've been able to buy the world with their little paper tickets and digital dollars. And so the analogy that I use, I, I like, I like giving two different analogies and like one analogy is imagine if I have a dollar and you have a dollar dear viewer, and we have the only $2 in the world. And then the bank comes along or the central bank comes along and either quantitatively eases two more dollars or creates two more dollars with fractional reserve banking or trickery or whatever. And so now uh, we, you and I have been reduced to 25% of the world's wealth and the bank has now stolen 50% of the world's wealth by counterfeiting these two additional dollars. That's analogy number one. The second analogy is just imagine that you're playing Monopoly and the banker is cheating and the banker is reaching under the table and grabbing $500 bills uh, when nobody else is looking at the end of the game who owns everything on the board and who are renters and debtors. Mm. And so that's what the fortune 500 is largely all about is that these companies have been funded with unlimited central bankster and bankster money. Okay. That they're stealing the value out of your money to create. Okay. And they're buying up the world with these paper tickets. And so they're providing certain companies with unlimited you know, money to be able to buy up and consolidate their industry so that they can monopolize everything. And so that's the name of the game. The first thing that they bought was the media. So the media wouldn't tell you what's going on. And so that's why the media pretends that the, that prices are rising uh, because of Putin or because of this war or because of COVID or whatever the reason that they give you when inflation is a well understood monetary phenomenon in economics. You ask any economist why prices go up and they're going to tell you it's because there is a crazy amount of dollars. So the banks are creating all of these dollars and then these dollars, there's a huge surplus of dollars out there and that begins bidding up prices. And so people on the, on the, you know, on the industrial end are saying, I've got to have that, you know, for my factory or whatever, I'll give you a little bit more to the supply chain. And then the supply chain is like, uh, okay, you know, because there's all these dollars. And so then prices begin going up and uh, it's stealing the value out of your money when if there if the if there wasn't a crooked monetary system at all then the value of your money would be going up yeah. every year your dollar would be buying more and more every year because there's innovations and productivity improvements that reduce the costs 
of producing and distributing the uh, the luxuries and necessities of life. And I was given an example the other day that uh, there is a uh, I was reading an article a couple months ago that they've got this new sale. And it's like a, it's a, it's a giant sail, like a kite, almost like a kite border sail. Okay. That you can put onto ocean going freighters and you can put onto like oil tankers or whatever. And it's controlled by a computer and it just, it, it reduces the cost of the passage by either 20 or 40%. I got to go back and look mm. at that before I use this as an example again, but it's like either 20 or 40%. And so that, that savings, that innovation that the market is always constantly producing these crazy cool, like innovations, that innovation that drops 20 or 40% off the cost of getting goods from this side of the world, to the other side of the world that would have been passed on to you. Yeah. So that, that, you know, that the first company that put that on their boats and they're being put on boats right now and they're already on boats, but like, you know, the first one that goes, Oh wow, I just knocked 20% off. They're going to try and get market share by going to their, by going to their customer, you know, their competition's customers are going, Hey, I can do it for 20% less because I'm smarter and I got these, you know, giant sales on and that would be passed down to the consumer and everything that you're doing, all of the innovations and and, and additive manufacturing and 3d printing and like and real-time collaboration and everything in all of these different ways that we're getting the cost out of manufacturing and out of delivery and out of transportation and out of things like that all of that would be driving the costs out if they weren't stealing the value out of everybody's money and keeping everybody artificially poor yeah, man. And, and, you know, you're so right with all the technological innovation and everything we should like the, the value should be inc increasing in, in, in yeah. value. Right. You know, it's just insane, but we're, I mean, that probably nothing is more on the forefront of people's consciousness of just this like deliberate effort of everything is more expensive, dude, that not only the gas, but just like everything. And we're witnessing in real time, this slow boiling to the point where it's going to be almost untenable. Like this is almost going to be something that we're not going to be able to, to sustain. Do yeah. you think it has anything to do with the fact that, that they are waking up to the fact that we realize it's a scam, that more and more people yes. are realizing it's a scam. And so this is their last like push to extract as much wealth as possible before it all goes away. Yes. So that's the name of the game. So they're, they're turning their little paper tickets into plant property equipment. They're buying the world with their little paper tickets that they create out of thin air. And as long as that game goes on, they're going to keep the game going mm -hmm. until the whole game falls apart because the system has been a Ponzi scheme. The treasury market's a Ponzi scheme. The social security is a Ponzi scheme. Like, like they're lying to everybody about the actuarial you know, uh, uh, feasibility of social security and, 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 and you really don't have all of the, like, it's not, uh, there's not really, you know, real investors pumping money into the treasury market at the rate that they say mm. it's, uh, it's like they're, they're printing the dollars and the fed is using straw purchases and other means of, of trying to keep the treasury market afloat. And so, uh, the thing I'm worried about is them knocking all the pieces off the board. And oh, so yeah. if you're this organized crime system and you realize that there is an information revolution and that you're like people like, like Scott and myself are beginning to get around the algorithmic censorship of the internet by moving to, you know, uh, open source decentralized platforms where they can't be censored and, and, uh, and just the, the, there's just an awakening, awakening globally to how this is work. And so if you realize 
that the posse has figured out who's robbed the bank and the posse is starting to point at the bankers and at the political puppets and at the, you know, the, uh, the media and going, they're all in on it together. It's the bankers, whatever. Well, do you want the posse to be safe and secure and well capitalized? Or do you want the posse to be dead broke living in a militarized police state where their, where their dollars don't have any money to do anything? And so that is, that is what I'm worried about is uh, a strategy where uh, they just knock all the pieces off the board. They yeah. completely devalue the dollar or they drop it to zero or just the scam of the, the, uh, of the social security Ponzi scheme or the treasury market Ponzi scheme or the manipulations of the precious metals or whatever, you know, uh, one of these economic frauds becomes so obvious that faith in the dollar is completely lost and people just, you know, begin dumping du dollars because they realize, oh my God, it's been a Bernie Madoff level, mm -hmm. you know, Ponzi scheme scam run by the media and the government, whatever. And, and, and now, uh, there's no value to the dollar. People can't buy things. The economy collapses and then they try and buy up everything with pennies on the dollar with either central bank, uh, uh digital currencies, programmable central, so they try and move everybody to the next scam. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we're now, uh, we're now, uh, you know, fighting for survival in, uh, you know, uh, with a, in a, in a grid down economic collapse. And so that is definitely something that people should be aware that is a possibility mm -hmm. and you should be, you know, prepared for that as well as you can be. Yeah, absolutely. And so we can learn by their method and do the same principle. Like we can like store our value of our money in terms of getting assets, you know, whether it's like ammunition, silver, like whatever it is, like, yeah. like, like we can store our wealth in assets as well. You know, and that's how we can fight. Beans, bullets, and band-aids yeah, exactly. is your core wealth. There you go. Beans, bullets, and band-aids is your core wealth. You need to be able to survive any kind of economic collapse for at least six months to a year yeah. where you've got storable food and preps and medical supplies and everything like that. It's the smart thing to do. Yeah. Uh, even if you've just, you know, add, add to that, your, your, stores like 10 bucks a week or something like that, you need to be prepared for a dollar devaluation or, do or a potential dollar collapse. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. So as we're wrapping up here, uh, let's just jump back to the book real quick. So tell us you're on the fifth edition and I know we briefly touched on it in the beginning, but what can, what, what can we expect from the fifth edition? Uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that, uh, you know, people should go check out with it? So, uh, the uh, so the fifth edition brings the book into the age of the COVID, and uh, and I can just go ahead and share with your audience here. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Hold on, let me. Pull and uh, I'm going to give you guys a uh, a little tour of just some of the of of who did the COVID and kind of the basics of the COVID. Cool. Do you have the screen share capability yeah. there? I do, man. I'm going to. Oh look at that. Right okay, here. cool. Tell me if you're if you're getting it right I'm here. I'm going to add to stream. Bam. There it is. All right. So this is the COVID-19 suspects and their ties to eugenics and population control and population reduction. And so if you're not familiar with eugenics, eugenics is this crazy idea, this pseudoscience that you can improve the lot of humanity by on positive eugenics. You know, uh, you've got an intelligent son. You want to ensure that he marries an intelligent woman so that you have intelligent kids 
uh, you know, you can do the same thing for beauty. You've got a beautiful child. You want them to marry somebody beautiful so they have beautiful kids. And so it's the idea that you can positively impact, you know, humanity through selective breeding and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's all positive, but there's a dirty, nasty, uh, poisonous side of eugenics called negative eugenics where some people believe, and it was very, very popular in the kind of early 20th century, that you could improve humanity by getting rid of those that were undesirable. So uh, through marriage restrictions, segregation, sexual sterilization, in the most uh, uh, extreme form, euthanasia, or even murdering those people that eugenicists consider undesirable. And uh, in, a, in, a, in an attempt to decrease the procreation among the unfit, eugenicists pass laws prohibiting marriage to people with diseases or other conditions believed to be uh, hereditary. Uh, they banned uh, uh, marriage between people of different races and through like funding uh, by some of the most wealthy people in America. So this, even, this pseudoscience had great belief in some of the most wealthy people on the planet and they created foundations and they have money and they've been paying for eugenics for a long time. And so this is a picture that will be in the next edition of the book that shows our boy, Anthony Fauci, mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of billionaires and potential trillionaires, okay, that are all about eugenics, that literally funded the eugenics movement. And so what, what I've come to realize is that this is a this this whole this whole thing of the covid is a eugenics program run by eugenicists to get injections into people's arms to cull the population for a variety of reasons from uh you know keeping the the uh, actuarial impossibility of social security scam going by getting rid of the elderly so they don't have to pay social security benefits it's to be able to get rid of uh you know undesirable people and so uh the so the the plan is we're going to get uh we're going to get shots harmful injections into people's arms and then everything that happened up until that point was kind of a television show where they use this monopoly media system and the algorithmic control of the DARPA internet to convince people that there was a pandemic when there really obviously wasn't really a pandemic. It wasn't producing pandemic conditions. I'm somebody that went into uh, hospitals during the peak mm -hmm. of the COVID in the epicenter of COVID in California. For those that are unfamiliar with my work, we went in on camera to in the epicenter of COVID in California in, uh, in March March or early April, I think it was early April of 2020, and we found empty tents, empty waiting rooms, and hospital employees speculating the whole thing was a hoax. And so it was manufactured using this control of perception system. And so who is behind it? So who are the people in this mm -hmm. you know, photograph with Anthony Fauci? And so this photograph was taken in, 20, in 2001 at something called the Andrew Carnegie uh, medals of philanthropy award okay and so the so we'll start with andrew carnegie and the carnegie Fo foundation that brought all of these eugenicists in there and so uh in 1904 the carnegie institution with skull and bones member daniel coit gilman as president financed the establishment of a biological experiment station related to eugenics at cold springs harbor new york that's still there to this day still engaged in eugenics they've just renamed it bioethics it went underground they made it kind of you know that it became unpopular once the eugenics of the nazi party and hitler 
Hitler and the experimentation on twins and the and we're gonna you know uh, murder people to get rid of them kind of a thing came out, uh, then eugenics got a bad rap in the United States and it went underground. But the people that believe in it and, and the, some of the most wealthy individuals they left foundations and they left their wealth dedicated to this idea. And so this has been ongoing and it's been. Uh, uh, going from the some some of the people that are you know in this picture now so uh, so that's who brought all these people together. This gentleman right here is Bill Gates Senior, mm-hmm. who is Bill Gates's father, and a lot of people don't realize, but Bill Gates Senior was a board member of Planned Parenthood, which was birthed out of the American Eugenics Society. No pun intended. Whose who's founder, Margaret Sanger actually wrote to a friend, we do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. That's it. And that was uh, Dr. Okay. Gamble, right? Procter and Gamble. No, no, no. That's, uh, that's Margaret Sanger. She was, uh, she was probably, the, no, she, she wrote that letter. Of- she wrote that letter to Dr. Gamble. Oh, did yeah, she? I didn't yeah. know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know who that yeah. was. All right. That's good to know. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Um, what I do know is so right next to, you know, so right next to Bill Gates senior, uh, we've got uh, David Rockefeller and the Rockefeller family. So it, between the the uh, Carnegies and the Rockefellers, they were essentially the number one and number two uh, funders of eugenics uh, by you know like just pure dollars and percentage of their you know wealth going to this to this crazy ass pseudoscience. But the Rockefellers founded the Wilhelm Kaiser Institute in Germany, which was the basis for Nazi eugenics and, and the racial hygiene you know, po- policies of, of Nazi Germany. They funded the Eugenics Records Office at Cold Springs Harbor and Planned Parenthood in the United States. And, uh, and in 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation published a document called Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development that outlined a future scenario that they called lockstep where the world would be locked down because of an influenza virus that jumped from animals to human in China, requiring mask temperature checks and biometric IDs. And so, so the Rockefeller Foundation, as late as 2010, essentially put out a document that you can go and, and, and read today. You can find it you know, on the internet and, and take a look through it, where they predicted COVID or they designed COVID or whatever. They had a future scenario that, oh, this is the way the world could turn out. And lo and behold, the world turned out that way because they made it happen. And we'll get into that in a second. And so there's David Rockefeller right next to David Rockefeller. We've, uh, you know, or, uh, we've got, uh, here's Ted Turner next mm-hmm. to Bill Gates senior right here. And so right next to Fauci and who's Ted Turner. Well, he was quoted in 1996 as saying a total population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. And he's also widely be, believed to be the guy behind something called the Georgia Guidestones, which is a Stonehenge-like monument with eugenicist principles translated into eight languages in the middle of a field in Georgia. And Turner is also an organized crime propagandist behind CNN and the deceptions and distractions of cable television. And by the way, when you so you know, Turner was behind CNN. He's leasing military satellites for CNN in the early days. Well, why is the military lease giving this guy the ability to lease their satellites and use their satellites for propaganda or to put, you know, for, for broadcast television because it's a propaganda 
thing and the most powerful weapon in the military is control of perception. Can we get you to believe that you are an American, not a human being, but you're an American and by virtue of where you're born on this side or that side of an imaginary line that you now owe us half your money in overt taxes, covert taxes and inflation, that power, that control of perception, you're seeing these people, you know, uh, they're, they've got media operations. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, her father ran a media operation. Um, the, you know, they're, they're controlling perception. Um, who else we got? Oh, we got George Sor- Soros right here. And yep. George Soros is also one of the top funders of Planned Parenthood. And he's a major investor in Monsanto, which is putting carcinogenic chemicals into the food chain. And he's been linked to a, uh, to a program in Sierra Leone uh, with links to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that was experimenting on Ebola. He's the third largest donor to Planned Parenthood. His Open Society Institute gave them $18.4 million uh, in one gift. In 2011 alone, they pledged uh, $20 million, another $20 million over a four-year period. And that grant was specifically to build centers in the south and southeast region of the United States. So he's giving money, I'm just saying, so that Margaret Sanger said that their goal is to, you know, to uh, eliminate Negroes. And you've got George Soros building centers, abortion centers in the South and the Southeast region of the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, who else we got? Oh, we got Irene Diamond here. And Irene Diamond is the chair of the Aaron Diamond AIDS Research Center, which is officially affiliated with Rockefeller University and happens to run its own level three biosafety facility. Okay. And so, uh, so little Tony Fauci, the scam of AIDS was essentially the same scam as the COVID. We're Mm -hmm. going to invent a little virus that nobody can really prove exists or doesn't exist. We're going to have a test that's designed to produce false positives. When you, when we, uh, when we convince you through this test that you've got, whatever it is we say that you've got, uh, you're going to come into the hospital. We're going to put you on a harmful drug in the case of, of uh, AIDS. It was AZT in the case of the COVID it's remdesivir and ventilators. Uh, you're going to get sicker because of the drugs and the treatments that we put you on. We're going to point to your sickness and say, see, that is another example that this is a virus that nobody can see and that this is what's making people sick and wash, rinse and repeat. And it's this exact same scam. So uh, and if you're a eugenicist, I don't know, you know, because you're younger than I am. And so I was, you know, there when it hit and all of a sudden people just quit making love. You know, people quit having sex and quit making love. And uh, it was absolutely completely in tune with eugenist principles to scare everybody away from making love and uh, things like that. And so so those are those are some of the people back in this photograph. Let's take a look at some of the people behind it, you know, right now. And so Bill Gates, the son of Bill Gates, senior, okay is a eugenicist that famously said the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's heading to about 9 billion people. Now, if we do a really good job on new vaccines, healthcare reproductive services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. So he's told everybody in a TED talk, okay, that they're working to lower uh, the population by 10 or 15% with 
new vaccines and reproductive health services, which is Planned Parenthood and healthcare. And that's exactly what they're doing with these vaccines because these vaccines are killing people and it's being covered up by the media. But Bill Gates to this day is now the largest funder of eugenics. Between him and Warren Buffett, essentially they're the two largest funders of of eugenics. Uh, He's given over a billion dollars to the World Health Organization over the past uh, 10 years. He's given uh, uh, at least 81 million to Planned Parenthood from 2009 to 2018. He's given another 46 million to British-based abortion chain Marie Stopes International. Um, he's donated $68 million to DKT International, which sends abortion drugs and devices around the world. He's partnered with Warren Buffett in something called the Giving Pledge. And Buffett, Lee, Buffett, until recently, was a trustee of the Gates Foundation. He resigned recently. But he's also one of the largest donations to the Gates Foundation. And Buffett himself has donated uh, over $4 billion to organizations focused on eugenics, abortion, and population reduction between 2000 and 2018. And uh, and he was a funder of the Rockefeller-funded Population Council, whose second president, Frederick Osborne, a founding member of the American Eugenics Society, once wrote that eugenics goals are most likely attained under a name other than eugenics. Mm. So they openly yeah. realize that, that, that to, to accomplish their goals of culling the population and reducing it by 10 to 15% or hundreds of millions of people, that they have to lie to the population about it. And he famously said that birth, birth control and abortion are turning out to be a great eugenics cause in the country. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I just man. I got two more, and okay. then we'll wrap. If you got it up. time, hey, you, you're you're the one with the heart out. So as long as you want to go, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll on because this is so incredibly okay. important. Okay, and so Bill Ackman, uh, this 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 joker right here, he's a billionaire hedge fund manager. He's a men- member of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderberg Group, and he was really one of the first voices on Wall Street that was on CNBC on the networks. You know, as a as a as a as a you know uh, a Wall Street icon or whatever, calling for the shutdowns. Okay, so he was he, here's a you know one of his tweets, Mr. President. The only answer is to shut down the country for the next thirty days and close the borders. Tell all Americans that you're putting us on an extended spring break at home with family. Keep only essential services open. The government pays wages until we reopen. So he's calling for this for the government to shut down the economy, providing that air cover as if you know like uh, industry and Wall Street are. Or, or along with this program, uh, but at the same time he's doing that, uh, you he is prepositioned to benefit from closing down mom and pop restaurants, mom and pop coffee shops, mom and pop hotels, because he's prepositioned in companies like RBI Restaurant Brands International, which runs 26,000 Popeyes, Burger Kings, and Tim Hortons. He's invested in Starbucks. He's invested in Chipotle. He's invested in Hilton Hotels. Okay. And so he's advocating for shutting down the economy. And as he's prepositioned with these chain restaurants, chain coffee stores, and chain hotels that are, that are, that are going to be financed to weather the storm while their while their population has been put out of business by the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the COVID BS. And so so he also famously 
uh, made when the when the stock market collapsed in 2020. Uh, he had risked $27 million to purchase credit protection hedges on his portfolio, and he made $2.6 billion in less than one month. And so it was almost like he knew ahead of time that everything that was going to happen was going to happen, and he was perfectly positioned to benefit by, for, from something that who could have known that this was going to happen because they engineered it, and oh, guess what? He's a eugenicist too mm. with major gifts to Planned Parenthood, $10 million to Cold Springs Harbor, Harbor through his foundation. And then the last mm. one we're going to talk about ah. is – Dr. Leanna Wynn. Oh, Dr. Leanna Wynn is a Rhodes Scholar, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, and a member of the World Economic Forum, who has been one of the leading quote-unquote doctors that have been on all of the television shows and all of the news channels, et cetera, pumping the COVID as if it's real, pumping the, the vaccinations, denigrating anti-vaxxers that are concerned about being injected with with a uh, an experimental vaccine made by felonious corporations that have been all of them convicted of felonies of felonies so like she's making fun of people that are suspicious of known felon corporations that have been convicted of lying to the government and the public about the safety and efficacy of their you know quote-unquote medicines before and so what's her background oh guess what She's the former past president of Planned Parenthood. Whoa. So yeah. she's a eugenicist too. Yep. And so anyway, that is essentially the most important information that I wanted to get out. That awesome. This is a eugenics program and that, uh, that the people involved are connected all the way back for decades. Tony Fauci and, and all of the people that are involved are connected with eugenics. That is their little religion. Uh, and, and so, uh, like I said, uh, for if you're, the final thing I'm gonna share with your audience is that right now there is a database in the United States called the Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting mm -hmm. System. And that is the system, it's a passive reporting system, which means that after you get injured by a vaccine, your healthcare provider, your doctor, somebody's gotta go in and enter that report manually and then that tells that's how that you know we that's the 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 surveillance system that the CDC uses to see to make sure that people aren't being harmed by these vaccines. So the Pfizer vaccine alone has killed more people in the past year than all other vaccines put together combined the entire thank you excellent 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 so now it's on the screen and so uh, this is a open VAERS project which makes the VAERS database easy to re read and what we're looking at right now in the United States alone is 27,758 deaths that are acknowledged now because this is a passive system uh, the CDC commissioned a report uh, years ago through Harvard Medical School. It's called the Harvard Pilgrim Study. And uh, the Harvard Pilgrim Study found that the VAERS database was only capturing about 1% or less than 1% of all deaths and adverse effects. And there's a lot of different reasons for this. 
you know, the primary reason is that the government and the media are lying to everybody, telling them that these vaccines are safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, so that when somebody dies three days, a week, a month later, or they get an adverse event, they get a fibril seizure, they get a, you know, they get a myocarditis or whatever, that the average person doesn't put one and two, one and one together to make two because they've been told that it's safe and effective, safe and effective. The doctor has no incentive to self-report and to admit to you when he came back, when you come back and your child has full spectrum autism or has, you know, myocarditis or whatever it is, he, he doesn't have any incentive to tell you that the shot he just sold you, that he got paid to stick into your arm, okay, that he's making money off of is what damaged you. Um, but in the COVID, so in the old days, the, the VAERS was used by, uh, you know, you had an ongoing relationship with your doctor. So you're, you took your kid to have a well visit. He gets a, you know, uh, an injection and you have, uh, you know, you, uh, there's an adverse effect or something or, you know, a death, whatever. You're back in the physician's office the next day going, hey, something's wrong with my child. Uh, and, and so then, you know, the, the honest ones will actually you know, put it into VAERS, whatever. Well, that's not what's going on with yeah. the COVID. These aren't being given in the, the vast majority of, of, of cases they're being given in, 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 in drive up, you know, injection sites and pop up injection sites and Walgreens and CVS where there's no ongoing relationship with a healthcare provider to be able to fill out the bears form. Yeah. So when you say, could you put it back on the screen just yeah, one absolutely. second? Yep, yep, yep. So when you see 27,758, that's likely 2.7 yeah. million deaths. That's or more than 2.7 million deaths, but they're being recorded as elderly deaths because it's primarily the elderly, the weakest among us that are getting this coagulation and these blood clots and these, these issues. And it's taking down the weakest people first. And so because they're elderly, they're being, they're not, it's not being marked as, as, as a COVID death. And so take all of these numbers and just multiply them by 100. And that is a conservative effort of the death. Now let's just take the 27,758 that are acknowledged. Okay. And put that into perspective with the, uh, with the swine flu epidemic, which was another manufactured scam by Tony Fauci's CDC and world health organization, where they tried to push the population into a max, uh, a, 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 a vaccination, a mass vaccination program. That program was halted at 50 deaths. So in, in the, with the swine flu vaccine at 50 deaths, they said, Whoa, wait, 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 this thing's killing people. It's killing people. We got to stop. We're at 27,000 deaths that's acknowledged that's likely 2.7 million deaths. What the hell is going on? Why is this not being stopped? Why are the media not all over this? Mm. This is a eugenics program that is being used to cull the population. We're looking right now, this is the, this is the you know, just the United States. In Europe, there is a similar system called Eudivigilance where there's 46,000 acknowledged deaths in the 22 member states of the European Union, there's 22,000, or sorry, 46,000 plus deaths that's likely 4.6 million deaths. Mm -hmm. And so this is, we're talking about a crazy, crazy amount of deaths that the media is lying and is not reporting the facts about what's really going on. Yeah. And so that is, that is essentially what it is in a nutshell. You can find me at artofliberty.org, government-scam.com. 
uh, we publish a, a newsletter every Friday called Five Meme Friday, where we're putting all of the the you know the the uh, the results of our research and our investigation, the best memes, the best alternative truth videos. Uh, you can subscribe for that at artofliberty.org. And uh, the book is Government, the Biggest Scam in History. I'm working on the fifth edition. It should be out in about a month. Uh, you can yeah. pre-order it or you can get – we've got uh, fourth edition copies in, in, in stock right now at government-scam.com. Awesome. Man, thank you so much. You just killed it right there, man. That's so crazy. Uh, I guess just real quick before I let you go, I just want to show folks this too. like Because we talk about VAERS so much. I, like, mm-hmm. Historically, I've talked about it a lot. But just for anybody that may be new to this, and of course, like if you're listen, uh, Ryan's listeners, like he's been covering this like just relentlessly. But uh, this this data right here, anybody, they always say the causation does not equal correlation, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But this, this chart right here shows days of onset for each one of these reports. It's like, and all of these, the majority of these reports, like a vast majority are happening within 48 hours of the actual injection. So yeah. it's such a brutal thing that we're witnessing. So anyway, Etienne de la Boise Squared, thank you so much for joining me today on this first show in studio, T-Lab Studios, brother. I really appreciate you. Good luck with everything. Let me know when the fifth edition comes out. We'll uh, we'll, we'll just uh, push it out to everybody. So thank you so much, man. Thank you. And thank you for what you do. Uh, we're all going to win this thing together. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. Peace, everybody. Peace. All right. So there you go. I just ended the stream. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Sticking around a little extra longer. So absolutely. Did Ryan get back? Because I want to meet that cat. No, he's not here. He's still out doing his Mother's Day thing. But I'll give him your your email or a contact, and I'll have him reach out to you. So tell him I'm a big fan of what he's doing, and uh, he's like one of the people that uh, is one of the few people that I have not met that I really want to meet and uh, and work with. So yeah, he's a cool cat, man. Like we've been just been hanging out in Nashville the last couple days. He was pretty badass. So all right, man. We'll take care. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. You got it, my brother. Peace. Peace. Holy shit.